Welcome to the Table Leadership Podcast, where everyone is invited to pull up a seat, and all leaders have a voice to contribute to the conversation. We're glad you could join us today. And now, your host, Sian Edgerton. Great. Well, thank you so much for doing this. I'm super excited just to get to see your face again. I know. You guys are in San Diego or what? San Francisco. Yeah. We are like kind of in the suburbs. We're in the East Bay area of San Francisco. So we're up in Northern California and we love it. But we miss you guys. We miss our people so much. I know, man. California is like my dream place to live. <laughs> it is. I tell people all the time, like if there was such thing as a geographical soulmate, California is ours. And so when God brought us back here for a second time, we were like, okay, we'll take it. Right. We'll take it. Yeah, we love it. We love it. Well, I'm just super excited to get to see your face and to get to have you on the podcast because there's so much leadership goodness that you have to share and so many awesome things that you're doing right now, especially in the midst of this pandemic. I mean, you, like everyone else, has had to figure out how to shift what you're doing and how you're leading people into a new context and going virtually. So I'm sure there's a lot that we will get to talk about. But first, I want to start by just having you introduce yourself. Um, I feel very blessed and privileged to get to know you as well as I do. Um, But for everyone that doesn't, just tell us a little bit about uh, who you are, where you're from, what you do, all that good stuff. Sure. So I'm Sean Labity. I am from Hampton, Virginia. I'm the founder and artistic director of Inspire Arts Collective. Um, before all the craziness of the pandemic, we had location a location in Norfolk, Virginia, Chesapeake, Virginia, and, and Hampton, um, because we like to partner with different folks um, and provide quality dance classes. And yeah, that's who I am. Mom, wife, friend, Sister, cousin. <laughs> All the things That's with the most funny. adorable little baby boy who's not really a baby anymore, I guess. Three. Oh my God. Golly. That's insane. It goes so fast, doesn't it? It does. It does. And now he's starting to use his words more. And yeah. Once all those sentences come in, I know he's going to be talking my head off. Yeah, (laughs) that's the fun part. That's awesome. Okay, so I know we're going to get to hear more about Inspire Arts later. Um, But first, if you and I were actually gathering a group of people around a table to invest and pour into them, um, what, and this, of course, is something that I ask everybody because, you know, food and leadership are my two love languages. uh, What would you be feeding us? So right now we are vegan vegetarian, college vegetarian. So I would probably do a lemon garlic pasta with either chicken for those meat eaters or plant-based chicken. Nice. That sounds good. So <laughs> when, uh, when did you guys go vegan slash vegetarian? Um, so Kyle uh, started to become vegan, I want to say in October of 2000, what was last year? 2019. And um, then, you know, he anything he does, he's just all in. So he was like, babe, I have this information. You should try it with me. And so instead of cooking two meals, I'm like, all right, I'll try it. So, um, I tried vegan for a while. Not quite, not, didn't quite. (laughs) But so, um, you know, I'll do like the plant-based chicken. I don't really do chicken, but I'll do, um, 
like cheese and you know milk and that type of thing um, because I have to have cheese for my pasta. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. Well, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Sounds like an amazing meal. Okay, so as we were gathered together, uh, eating this amazing vegetarian lemon yummy pasta, which sounds great. It's lunchtime where I am right now, so I'm definitely (laughs) hungry. Um, What is it that we would actually be discussing? What do you bring, at least in this season, to the leadership table? Um, I would say identity, if I had to put it into, you know, just... A statement I would say identity and authenticity. Mm. Um, I think that's very, very important to have as a leader to be solid in who you are and then to own it. So knowing who you are and then owning who you are. And that may sound really um, simple to some, but it really isn't. Um, you know, you come across some folks, you know, leaders or just people in general who are really in an identity crisis. And it's like, you know, um, you know, when you have an identity crisis, that's what makes you compare yourself to other people. That's what makes you, you know, may make you envious of someone else and make you may um, uh, make you stagnant because it's like, oh, you know, I don't really know how to move, what to move, you know. So really knowing who you are and then really owning it and moving forward. I think that's something that um, I don't always get right. I would be lying to you if I said that I did. But I think that especially in terms of um, what I bring to the leadership table, I think that is something that I am very passionate about and believe in. That's awesome. And so can you tell us just a little bit about your journey in really discovering and building a solid foundation for your own identity, learning who you are? Sure. So um, my... Although Inspire Arts Collective is not a faith-based organization, um, that's just a part of who I am. My relationship with the Lord is, you know, pretty solid. We've been hanging out since I was a little kid. (laughs) And um, I really feel that my identity and, you know, learning more of who I am comes from my relationship with the Lord. And Um, And everything that I do, you know, I try to acknowledge him and ask him, Lord, you know, who am I? Who am I in this season? Because we're ever evolving. So one season of your business or in your life, you may think, you know what, I have this down. And then the next season, a pandemic shows up and and you're trying to figure out what the heck, you know, what, who am I in this, you know, in this season? What am I supposed to do? How can I be solid? How can I be set apart from? Um, you know, and stand out um, in when now, you know, everybody's going virtual. So just really leaning into my relationship with the Lord is really grounding and, and really shows me who I am as a, as an individual and as a leader. Mm, that's good. And you talked about, you mentioned two different things, knowing who you are and then owning who you are. How would you define the difference? How would you differentiate between those two? And what does that kind of look like in practice? Okay, so I would start off by because maybe someone who's starting out and or just trying to figure out what does that even look like for me, um, you know, I'd say how how to do that would be, of course, to um, to lean into your relationship with God, find out more of him, you know, read the Bible, pray. um, And then, you know he allows you to go through situations that shows you more of who you are, um, more of the cloth that you're cut from, more of his character. 
And then from there, those experiences that you that you have and that show you more of who you are, then it's like, okay, I'm going to be, I'm going to stand in that now. All right. I know that, um, who I am not, not to be limiting, but I know that, um, I love people and the Lord has called me to move in different ways, whether it's dancing or making different moves in the art world or whatever. And so I'm solid in that. Um, I know that's something that I do well. And so now I'm going to own it. I'm not going to say, oh, you know what? I see them doing X, Y, and Z over there. Maybe I should do that because it looks cool. No, I am who I am. Mm -hmm. And so now I'm going to say, Lord, I yield to that. I'm okay with that. And I'm going to go forward with the thing that you've called me to do in my lane. There is no traffic in my lane. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to rock it the way that only I can. And um, that's the difference is, you know, finding out, you know, who you are and then not not having that tension of, "Mm, I don't know if I want that. You know, I don't know if I'm going to, you know, that doesn't, is that cool enough? Do you? you know, will that be accepted by everyone? Who cares? You know, um, you will flourish when you are really solid and own, you know, who you are. Yeah. And I think what's really beautiful is just the the boldness and obedience that that brings out. Cause I know what I hear a lot of leaders, especially women. And, you know, I, I try really really hard to not make a lot of gender specific distinctions. But I do think there are some things that we see oftentimes, or at least I have seen um, more in female leaders than I have in male. And that is the ability to actually stand and own the identity, not just to know it, but to own it. Like you said, and say, no, you know what? This is what God has called me to. This is the vision he's given me. These are the gifts that he bestowed on me. And I am going to boldly and humbly walk in that. And I hear so often, you know, women struggle with, and we have a really diverse listenership. So I know we have men and women listening, but I still think sometimes it's, it's important for us to discuss some of the ways in which men and women lead differently because women need to hear it and men need to know how to equip and empower it. But what I hear so often from women is that fear of being too much. Uh, that fear of you know being yeah. too extra, really going beyond yourself. Right. And there's this hesitancy that I see in a lot of women leaders to really rise up and say, you know what, this is who I am. This is what I do. This is what God has given me. If you have ever experienced that or walked someone else through that, um, what word of, of wisdom or encouragement might you give a woman who's kind of standing like that? Like, yeah, I sort of am discovering who I am, but I'm not sure if people are going to think I'm, I'm too much, too assertive, you know, too extra, to whatever. Like I kind of want to walk in obedience, but gosh, um, you know, what, what would you say? Right. Um, I would really say to, um, know, know your heart. You know, if you know that you aren't, you aren't the type of person who wants to step on others to get ahead or to put other folks down in order to make yourself look better or whatever, but you just know what you know and you're good at what you do um, and you're a solid, you know, person, then, you know, really just leaning on that. And, um, you know, I feel, (laughs) I feel the real recognizes real, you know, and so people, People gravitate toward people who are just themselves and 
you know, they just enjoy what they do. Just enjoy what you do. Just be yourself. And people, your people, you know, will love you. Not everybody's going to like you. And I think that's another thing that, um, you know, from time to time, I have to remind myself that, you know, to be honest. Um, and I think I see that more so in women, like, oh, you know, she doesn't like me or this group of people, you know, they don't like me or they don't accept me. But getting over that and knowing that your people will be your people. And, um, you know, those are the people you want to surround yourself with, period. Mm-hmm. You know, who wants to be fake? For that. Yeah. So, um, you know, just owning that and just knowing, you know what, this is my heart. You know, mm-hmm. and if your heart is misinterpreted for whatever reason, you communicate. Mm, That's good. And that kind of leads into the other thing that you mentioned. You talked about identity and authenticity. And what you're saying right now, it sounds a lot to me like that leaning into authenticity. So when you say that word, what does that mean to you? When you talk about what you bring to the table is authenticity. What does that mean for you? Um, Just being, just being. (laughs) <laughs> you know, um, you know, being, I, I heard someone say, a leader say one time we were in a meeting, um, you know, it's, I think this, this goes hand in hand, but he said, you know, a lot of people look at me and they think that um, I'm confident all the time, but that's not always the case. And I thought about that for a second. And I think that people have this idea that being confident and just being yourself and it means that you have everything figured out and you are sure all the time. No, it's just being, it's just being and not having to pretend, you know, maybe you had a bad day, have a bad day. (laughs) Maybe you are unsure. You're being unsure. You know, I think that is just being real for, you know, you know, just to put it plain, um, just being, real, just being. Um, I think that that is very important. Um, and when we are authentically ourselves, that really set, that really does set us apart. When I was in, um, when I was in college, there was a lot of talk about competition and, you know, being aware of your competition. If you have a a business, you know, um, you know, scoping them out and seeing what they're doing, how could you do this better and set yourself apart? And I really believe um, I, I actually don't think that way. I hate feeling that way because in me, that kind of brings up, oh, I have to be better. It's like this tension in my, in my inner being that I just don't like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I really feel that, um, if you are being yourself, you know, you know, you're finding out who you are every day, because like I said, you're always evolving. You're leaning in on the, on the word of God um, on what he says about you. And then you're just being yourself. No one can do what you do like you. And if you're actually leaning in and on that and just being, um, you're automatically going to be set apart. Nobody can be mm-hmm. you. You know, we have a distinct fingerprint, um, in this world. And so that's, that's what I believe authenticity is. I love that. And I think too, the other thing that's so important and you kind of alluded to this is knowing that um, not everybody is going to follow you and they're not designed to either. And if what God has called me to do, even if it's similar, I've had the same um, 
struggle. A good friend of mine, Joe Saxton, I was talking to her about writing once because I just, I, I love to write. I desire to write. I'm working on a book right now. And I remember saying to her one time, you know, what, what does it really matter? If I write this book or not, if I write this blog or not, what does it really matter? Because there's already so many words out there in the world. There's already so many books out there. Does it really make a difference? I feel like I'm kind of just repeating what someone else has already said. And, you know, she made the good point that from one generation to the next, from one community to the next, God has given each of us not only a unique calling, but a unique platform. And that there are people that he has gathered around us and that if we've been given a voice and a platform, then we need to be using it in the way that he's called us to. It's not um, that, like you said, that we're in competition with anybody else, but there's going to be a group of people that are able to follow what God is doing in my life. And there's going to be another group of people that follows what's happening in someone else's life. And that's okay because not no single one of us, no single individual can carry the full burden and responsibility of leading all the people, pleasing all the people. And so when we can start breaking down those walls of comparison and competition, that's really when we're able to walk in the fullness of what God has called us to and to celebrate one another, say, yes, girl, or, you know, sure. boy, whatever, like do that thing. And I love that you're doing it and I'm going to celebrate how awesome it's going for you. And I'm going to do my thing over here. And, and there's just such a beauty and a grace in all of that. Yeah, for sure. There's this book uh, called show your work by Austin Cleon. And in it, he uh, talks about uh, genius or sinius. Um, there's a musician called Brian Eno and he talks about this idea that, um, you know, the idea of genius is just that, you know, there's one person in the world who has all the creative ideas and it's up to them to, you know, bless us all with their creativity, you know, or the select few that are called to do this big thing. But Brian Eno, he talks about Sinius and how, um, collectively as creatives, whatever your lane is, we need each other. We're, we're built for community and we contribute to this bigger plan. We contribute to, you know, these creative works that are in the world that makes, that make our lives what they are. And so I definitely agree that we can't all, we can't, one person can't do it all. You know, mm -hmm. I can't reach every dancer just like the person down the street who's a dancer can't reach the whole world, but we have our part, you know, we can learn mm -hmm. from each other. We can contribute. We can um, collaborate, you know. That's so good. So, What's the title of that book again? It's called show your work. Okay. All right. We'll, we'll link that in the show notes um, because that sounds like an incredible resource that I'm sure somebody would want to, to grab and pick up. Um, so the other thing that I want to ask you about, and you kind of mentioned this a little bit earlier, is that you run this organization that's not a faith-based organization, but obviously it's heavily influenced by the fact that you're a person of faith. And I think that's an important distinction to make. We have a lot of people who are part of the table community, um, and it's kind of split right down the middle. We've got those who are faith leaders who who are in some type of vocational ministry, uh, you know, pastoral nonprofit um, parachurch organization. And then we've got those who aren't faith leaders, but they are leaders of 
faith. And that, you know, it runs the gamut. We've got business owners, we've got active duty military, we've got stay at home parents, we've got writers, you know, all sorts of things where people are saying, you know, I am a person of faith and here is the arena that God has put me in. And they're really trying to figure out how do I merge the two? How do I be a leader of faith when I'm not actually leading a faith-based organization? And there's so many questions and challenges that come along with that. What can I do? What can I say? How do I blend the two? So can you just talk a little bit about your experience with that being a leader of faith and running a non-faith-based organization? Sure. Um, Again, I feel it goes back to identity and being authentically who you are because as a leader of maybe not a faith-based organization, but just whatever organization or, um, you know, uh, project you're leading, uh, it's all a part of you. It's all a part of who you are. And so I don't compartmentalize and say, you know what, I'm a dancer over here. And then I go to church over here. And then I love God in this place. It's just who I am. When I show up, it's like, I, um, I wrote a post one time because I started to think about that for myself. I had this um, thought, you know, Lord, am I supposed to be a leader in church or am I supposed to, you know, just serve in church or, you know, am I supposed to just be a dancer or an artist over here? And um, I, you know, I feel like he, the Holy Spirit just kind of dropped in my spirit that Sean, I'm with you. I live on the inside of you. So wherever you show up, I am there. So if you are an architect, if you are a book writer, an author or whatever, um, you know, God is with you. And so you don't have to try and, you know, dumb that down or whatever. You know, I mean, I feel like, you know, there's a depending on your audience, you know, you just want to kind of be wise, you know, but you are who you are. Uh, the other night, I taught a live class um, for a workshop for um, a uh, a group of dancers that asked me to, to to teach. And so I'm teaching, and there was this part of the song that said, "Make uh, you know, make room." And so every time I dance, I feel like I have um, when I pick choreography or a song that I really enjoy. Um, there's always a meaning behind it for the most part, for the most part, sometimes I just want to jam out. But for this one, especially, it was just talking about, um, you know, not letting people tell you what you can't do, you know, like shut them down. You do you, you know, that type of thing. And I did this move and she said, make room. And I said, listen, this is biblical. (laughs) Like your gift will make room for you. And I was like, wait a minute. Like all of this is like kind of merging together and nobody wants was like, oh my gosh, you're being too deep. Half the time when you are, when you show up as you, you give people permission to show up as them. Mm, and so good. who knows, you know, who knows who was, who is just waiting um, for that permission to say, oh, wow. You know, I, I don't just have to be this thing. I can show up as myself, loving God and all. So. Yeah. I love what you just said about when you show up as you, you give people permission to show up 
as themselves too. And that's so good. And I think what's really important in us seeing you living out your faith and your gifts and the way that God has called you to, I think I hear from a lot of people who are believers, who are people of faith, who are wrestling with that same thing that you talked about. Well, am I supposed to go into ministry? Am I supposed to go lead in the church somehow? Should I be a pastor? And I think for those who are doing that, great, do it if that's what you've been called to. But I think at the same time, we've really culturally done such a disservice to people of faith by kind of building um, this, um, I don't know what the word is that I'm looking for, but building this eliteness basically around those who are called to ministry, called to serve in the church. And we've built false construct that really says to everyone else, if you're not somehow leading in the church, the the organization and building of the church, then you're less than, and it's not good enough. Cause this yeah. is the real work of, of the Lord. This is the real kingdom work. Yeah. And the reality yeah. is that's not how we see Jesus operating. And I think, you know, what you said is so good. Like wherever you are, your mission field is between your own two feet. Wherever you have been planted, whatever influence God has given you is just as valid and valuable as the person who, for whatever reason, has actually been called to serve the organization of the church. And I, I even struggled that in doing what I'm doing now. When I left a position in a church to do something else that I felt like God had called me to, and just I really had to kind of reconcile all of that within myself. Cause I felt like, gosh, I'm, I'm losing a lot of value. And the reality was God had a different place where he wanted me to use my influence. And I think too, the beauty of it is, um, the people that you're going to be able to reach that might never actually step foot inside a building at the organized church, the people who are going to see through you that authenticity, like you talked about, Oh, I can be me. I can be this person. I can love dance. I can pursue this path and still love Jesus. I think that's, it's beautiful. And I mean, I see how you use your faith, how you connect with people. I've taken your class before. My daughter has been in your little hip hop, you know, your kids hip hop class before. And I mean, she still, she still talks about that. And you instilled things in her at a young age, uh, a confidence and an authenticity and the ability to be herself that I still see at work in her now as she's growing. So I think what's so important for us to see just, you know, anyways, now I'm going off into left field, but I think it's so important for us to see people who are able to, like you said, authentically know who they are and own that, and then to live into the place that God has planted them and to see great worth and value in that. Yes. Yes. I'm so glad you brought that up. I think that whether, you know, whoever's, you know, will listen to this, whether they have an organization, whether they're thinking about start starting an organization and they are a believer, I pray that that idea of, you know what, if I'm not a pastor, if I'm not speaking on somebody's pulpit, then my dream or my goal or my design is like broken and not as valuable. I pray that that whole thing is just shut down because, oh my gosh, um, I felt the same way for so, so, so long. And I think that, um, you know, I it, it kind of made me spin my wheels a bit because I was like, oh, you know, I'm, am I supposed to be getting ordained? But 
none of that, none of that came to fruition in my life. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I I was like thinking that maybe that was what I was supposed to be doing. But um, I thank God that finally I was able to say, you know what, Lord, even if I, even when I didn't um, come to grips with that and just the way he guided my life, I ended up being in the place I was supposed to be. I thank him for that because, um, and I, I pray that other people, you know, really embrace their call because um, it's, it's beautiful. It's just so mm-hmm. beautiful, you know, just to be, to be in a dance class and to, you know, dance to maybe not even, you know, not even Christian music, but people begin to come to my church because we end up being in relationship and, and feeling the love and feeling the acceptance. Um, you know, and it's like, wow, well, what church do you go to? <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And so that is just, that is beautiful. So I pray that whoever hears this, that, you know, you know that who you are is enough and you don't have to change who you are in order to be useful or in order to be valued mm-hmm. in the kingdom of God, because he designed you for a purpose. You are a masterpiece. You know, before you were formed in your mother's womb, he knew you and he called you to, be, to do great and mighty things for him. And it may not look like what you think it's going to look like, but it's going to be so worth it. And you're going to be like, man, Lord, you know, you, you use me. Sorry. You use me to blaze this trail, you know, you use me to be an example. So. Hmm. Yeah. I felt that, <laughs> man, I felt that that was a prophetic word for somebody. Somebody listening needed to hear that and needed to be given the permission that you just gave them to find the worth and value. Cause I love what you said about relationship. I mean, that's ultimately what we're called to right? is relationship and the people who are coming to your studio, to your classes, ultimately what they're doing is they're building a relationship with you. Someone who knows her identity, who shows her true authentic self, who genuinely loves people. And, you know, you may be the only picture of Jesus that they ever see. You may be the safest space that they have to have a conversation. And in them coming to dance, what a deeper work that God is potentially doing. And I think for too long, we've drawn this line and the church is guilty of doing it too. I feel like we draw this line between what's sacred and what's secular. And you're either in one of two camps, you either do sacred work or you do secular work. And we just need to not even blur that line, but erase the line. There's, there's no distinction between sacred and secular, if anything. And we see this in scripture. It's the work of the church, like the leaders of the church to actually equip the people who are going out into the world, because that's where the real kingdom advancement is happening. And so I just, I, love the example of that that you've shown us. And I love that word of of encouragement and permission. I mean, that was absolutely a a prophetic word that you just gave. And I think it's so, so critical. Um, And you've really spoken, I think, to the heart of people who are at the beginning stages of that journey of really figuring that out. The last thing I want to ask you is uh, considering the fact that you've done this hard work of discovery and you're still doing it. Um, but you've been on this journey for a while and you've walked through some of this for the person who's been doing it, uh, for a while, who is feeling just defeated, um, discouraged, frustrated, wanting to know, is this still what I'm supposed to be doing? Um, who might be doubting, who's in a place of just feeling 
the heaviness of being their authentic self, doing the thing they've been called to do. Maybe even I'm thinking right now about those people who are doing that work in the world where they've been planted, who don't have a lot of support. I think the beauty of being in some kind of uh, church ministry or church leadership most of the time is that there's at least a decent level of support and camaraderie and encouragement and development that you get. You know, it's one thing to, um, to be a leader of faith when you're surrounded by other people who believe exactly what you do when you're on a church staff, it's completely different when you are the lone single person in your organization or in your company or in your family who feels like, man, I'm bearing this burden of leading right now, but I feel so alone and isolated in it. What word of just wisdom or encouragement might you give to them? You know, of course, pray, but um, also, you know, this is a time where everybody's virtual, you know, and so, you know, maybe you'll get that encouragement from a book or maybe you'll get that encouragement from, you know, seeing someone go live that you respect. Um, um, maybe you have a, you know, a trusted friend, you know, that's that's in another, you know, business, um, type of business, then maybe you guys can hold each other accountable. Um, you know, therapy helps, you know, um, having, that <laughs> having that safe space to say, Hey, you know, um, I'm really going through it right now. You know, I have been, I'm being myself, but maybe, you know, you're in a rut and you feel like, okay, I'm not seeing any, you know, from this labor, you know, um, I will say as when you start something new, you will be alone a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes you won't find people around you who can give you language for the thing that's inside of you. Um, and so sometimes you have to be the first <laughs> mm-hmm. and, um, you know, and pray that God will strengthen you as you are, you know, blazing that trail um, for sure. But yeah, definitely therapy and stay encouraged, you know, please be encouraged because especially when we first started and even now, you know, if I try something new, (laughs) you know, you might, you might have to do for one, what you will want to do for a a thousand, (laughs) but you know, you just kind of hang in there and don't give up um, because with consistency and with, you know, you keep giving quality, the people will come, you know, the, the resources will come. Um, the recognition will come, all of that, but just do it because you love it. Um, you know, watch your motives, do it because you love it. And, you know, search, you know, like I said before, through books, through, you know, other friends, through folks who are doing virtual sessions online, search for that, um, that encouragement that way. And, um, let's say you've been doing this for a long time. Um, you know, Again, I'm living proof of this. I, like I said before, I am by no means saying that I have this all together all the time. Um, you will have doubts sometimes. Um, but uh, yeah, you just go back to go back to your why. Go back to why you started doing it in the first place. And, um, you know, remember, remember who you are. 
<laughs> Simba? <laughs> Remember who you are. I love, I think that might be like the first Lion King reference that we've got yet. And I love it. I love it. I'm glad somebody brought that in. That's so good. That's so good. Well, I yeah. really, I really appreciate you just opening up your heart and sharing with our community. I know, I know that so much of what you said is going to be valuable and it's really going to be exactly what someone needed to hear. And I just want to thank you too for continuing to live authentically and doing the thing that you have been called to do. You provide such a great frame of reference for us and such a great example of what it looks like to be in the world and to be leading in a place, um, that has nothing to do with an official church ministry and yet to do it so boldly and confidently to know that that's what you've been called to and to seriously be making such huge kingdom advances. So I just thank you. And you are, for those that are interested in this time, you're doing like virtual classes, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So if somebody was interested, uh, where would they go to find out more? So you go to inspireartscollective.com or you can follow us on social media. Definitely look at our Instagram because we're always posting on Instagram. Uh, Go to at I-A-R-T-S-C-I-R-C to follow our our company page or just follow me at S-L-L-A-B-A-D-I-E. And just keep in touch. And I would love to um, get you involved, get you connected. Awesome. Um, We are going to link all of that in the show notes too. So for anybody that's kind of stuck in a a weird place right now in this season, you need to get moving, you need to get inspired, get encouraged a little bit. Definitely want to encourage you to check out uh, all the virtual stuff that Sean's doing right now, all the dance classes and everything. But more than anything else for everyone that's listening, I just hope that you found something in this today that you can really grab onto as you are discovering your own why and pursuing the thing that God has called you to do. And if there's one thing that I would want everyone to take away from this out of what you shared with us, Sean, it is that what you were called to has great worth and value, and there's no division between sacred and secular. And so you have permission. You have permission to walk in the fullness of that, to walk boldly and bravely and obediently to what God has laid out before you. And it is absolutely blessed. So Sean, thank you so much for being with us and for just sharing your heart and your time and your wisdom. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to the Table Leadership Podcast. Be sure to check out the show notes for links to the resources that were discussed at the table today and to connect with today's guest. Remember to subscribe to The Table Podcast and follow along on social media at The Table Leadership. Visit thetableleadership.com to learn more about current courses and coaching opportunities. And finally, you can connect with me, your host, at cionedgerton.com or on social media at cionedgerton. I look forward to the next time that you pull up a seat at The Table.